Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Woody Adjacent, our podcast series where we're going to be talking about other films other than Woody Allen on this retrospective. I know it's a weird gambit we're taking, but as I mentioned on our original recording, our film, well, my film taste has definitely been influenced by Woody Allen, and my whole film collection is kind of a testament to Woody Allen's directing, writing, and I want to honour a lot of screenwriters, actors, and I want to recommend and discuss some of the films in that vein. And also, I wanted to get a co-host who would do the same with me, recommend some films that he wants to have that discussion with me. And last time, we introduced him as Mr. James Walsh, and we spoke about a movie called I Love You Daddy. James, welcome back to the recording. <laughs> it's nice to be back and not talking about I Love You Daddy. <laughs> Guys, if you're watching this on YouTube and you miss that discussion, click on the top right corner of the iCard and you can go back and listen to that discussion. I think we're pretty fair. It's a notorious movie for a reason. And to be honest with you, it was a cathartic discussion because I'm glad I got that off my chest. And I'm even more glad that Woody Allen didn't direct that direct right or to start in that movie so yeah oh no no i got nothing left to say about i love you daddy <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on so i picked our next film to discuss a film that was made in 2012 a film called liberal arts you guys can see in the title and i got james to watch it this is another one i want to discuss for many reasons and one of the first questions i want to ask is why did i pick this movie as part of the woody allen woody adjacent project I see a lot of things about this movie that I've seen in two of Woody Allen's best films that are really highly acclaimed, Annie Hall and Manhattan, that I want to dissect. But I also want to talk about how I feel Woody's hand would have maybe even elevated this film a little bit more. But I want to get James's opinion and then we'll discuss what the movie is about for those who've never seen it and might think about watching it and might, might even disagree with us. So... I'm throwing the, the mic over to you, James. What did you think of liberal arts and what are your initial impressions before we dig deeper? Well, I, I did. I was watching it. I got about half hour into it and I did think, why this movie? Um, it, it didn't feel like a Woody Allen movie. And then something occurred to me as I was watching it, which is there's, there's a word I've used in reviews I've done for Woody Allen movies, uh, pretentious. Mm -hmm. but I will always say that when I when I use that word in a Woody Allen review that sometimes I like a little bit of pretension sometimes uh I like people who are are uh having loftier heavier discussions about things and that was what was happening in this movie and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working for me the way that it would in a Woody Allen movie. And mm -hmm. what I think I finally came up with is that Woody always says that the perception of him as an intellectual is wrong. That he doesn't consider himself that. He'd rather be sitting at home watching the basketball game than going to the opera or, you know, going to the museum or something like that. And... I think that there's like a, a down to earth quality about when he engages in something like uh, a little bit more pretentious that he brings to it that in this one, for me at least, felt like 
people having conversations that they thought were way more important than they actually were. Mm. So it wasn't a bad movie. And especially, I think like the, the last half hour uh, started working for me, but um, it, it did feel like somebody who had seen a lot of Woody Allen movies in college or in film school you know and who they were remembering this time that that they sort of idealize uh and wanted to make a movie like that but they did it with a lot more romanticism than woody would have done hmm. i mean we'll get we'll get deeper into it but yeah it it it, it felt like if if you know Woody made this movie, it wouldn't. I mean, the the closest I can think of uh, to an equivalent, at least for me, for a Woody Allen movie, would actually be Radio Days. Okay, because that's where Woody does have sort of a little bit of a, a romanticized uh, nostalgia for a certain time, but it's more a general time. I mean, it, it does get looks like specifically into his life, but it's 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 more of a a romanticized time in the way that the world was hmm. uh, as opposed to who he was during that time. And I definitely think it would, this movie would appeal to somebody much more. I, I, I saw a review that Roger Ebert did of it where Roger Ebert was saying how much he enjoyed it because it made him remember uh, oh, I, you know, there'll always be a part of me that uh, will be in college and will be having, you know, that moment in my life. I didn't have that moment. So maybe that's the reason it doesn't quite work for me the way that it would somebody else, because I'm just seeing a lot of people who are having these, oh, you know, uh, very, very important conversations, but on their mommy and daddy's dime. <laughs> and uh i you know i'm watching it going oh that's great when you were doing that i was loading trucks and that's harsh. Uh, <laughs> so i you know it, it's a little bit i you know i can't identify with it yeah in the way that some other people probably could and i get that because i i kind of obviously i've said this i know i i'm gonna stay with me type class everyone always it feels I'm a funny guy because, you know, oh, you know, you're a black guy and you like Woody Allen movies where you got these middle to upper class white people with their very different class experience than you. How can you relate to it? And when you see how well off or, or pretentious they are, how does that not bother you? How can you enjoy those movies? And that's why this movie won me over for a couple of reasons. But before we delve in, just in case... The listeners haven't watched this movie i'm going to set the scene what the movie's about so the movie is about this let's say mid 30 something graduate who seems to be stuck he's a new yorker like woody allen to be honest with you even when the movie starts it starts off with the, a very similar title card to even how woody allen opens his movies it's a first person shot of him just talking to the camera woody allen's done this a lot of times i don't even think the director and actor who actually the main actor whose name josh radner josh radner yes he is actually the writer and director of this i don't think he was trying to ape woody allen it's just that there's a lot of ticks you already see new yorker main character awkward main character and he's stuck and he seems to kind of 
doesn't know what he's doing with his life. He seems to be in a not so happy relationship and he gets called back to his college by one of his old professors. And when he gets called back, he connects with a young lady that there's a big age difference between who kind of awakens him to some things in his life or gives him a different perspective. And it's not only just him, the professor who invites him is having some issues with his career and his ageism and what he wants to do with his life. There's even another professor, a female professor, who seems to be unhappy as well. So this is a movie where there's multiple people from different aspects and perspectives and ages are stuck and questioning and are unhappy. And uh, again, I've seen this in the Woody Allen movie a lot of times, but I think the main crutch to that, um, well, that's the plot of the movie. This this man, he goes back, connects with his old college, meets a girl, and there's a romance there, but there's an age difference, and his quirkiness kind of takes over, and that's the basic plot of the movie without getting into too many spoilers. Um, the thing I liked about this movie is I think the main character and Elizabeth Olsen, the female character, they have chemistry, and when I was watching the movie, it did remind me of the kind of chemistry I saw in Annie Hall, where you get these two people that they're different, but they just click. For some reason, they click. And I will say, I felt the actors, I did feel there was a natural chemistry between the actors, even though there was an age difference that the main the male character was kind of fighting against but he couldn't deny there was a connection there and i thought that came across really well the other characters they're not there as much so these two are kind of the stars of the show but the age difference thing when i there was a lot of reviews i read that were like yeah this is this is one thing we always want Woody Allen to address we wanted to make a movie about you know manhattan isn't necessarily a movie about him falling in love with a, with a young person per se it's about him having relationships and having friends and the city, a lot of other things. But that relationship seems to bubble to the bubble to the surface, as well as the one the one with him and um, Diane Keaton. Now here, I felt a similar vibe here, which is what I liked. But like you, James, the first time I watched this years ago, I remember it being a lot better. I think this movie doesn't age as well, and although I think their chemistry is good it does seem like the actual plot is a bit, it feels a bit, I don't want to say forced, but it feels like the, the age difference and them being in front of the camera, they just, I feel like the film wants to rush to get to them to having this quandary about them being together. And in all the Allen movies we've seen, it feels a little bit more natural. We're here, they kind of cut to the chase. And even the reason he comes back a second time to meet her again it's, it's kind of flimsy but i feel like the movie addressing the age thing it was honest and funny but i kept on thinking this movie is good but it just isn't what i want it it's not how i remember it yeah i mean this was my first time seeing it and um i th i think it just first of all i mean i don't know how old elizabeth olsen was when the movie was made, but she's supposed to be 19 in it. She was 23. Yeah, she she comes off older than than her character is supposed to be. And um, 
I didn't quite understand his the the Jesse the main character. I didn't understand his how he was stuck. I don't think we got enough time with him before the plot kicks in to kind of really understand exactly what it is he's stuck on. I mean, he he's got a job and it doesn't look like he loves it. Uh, and he reads books a lot, and his laundry his laundry gets stolen. And <laughs> I'm I'm watching it. and I'm like, I'm sure that's a metaphor for something. I don't know what. And then you know he gets asked to come back to his old college to be there for his favorite teacher's retirement dinner, who's you know played by Richard Richard Jenkins, who actually is, I I think he's the best thing in the movie. But the Richard Jenkins part. I get that it's it kind of goes along with the themes of of aging, but it felt a little bit like it was disconnected from everything else. Like, yeah. you know, him sort of grappling with retiring and you know changing his changing mind. his mind. Yeah. yeah, and it it's I'm watching it and I'm like, this is good. He's he, it's a very good performance but i don't get what it has to do with everything else yeah it's that's that's the that's what i was mean about they're trying to the 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 screenplay has elizabeth olsen and josh radner as the forefront but then it does throw the professor character in there as well but it doesn't give him enough, enough screen time and enough screen time to fill the depth of his despair so it doesn't work as well it just feels like it's thrown in it feels like he threw it in at the side. Josh Redner threw it in at the side to have his perspective. I just want this the older man's perspective. I want this older female's perspective. And I want the young, the youngish lovers in the middle. So I'm hitting all cylinders. But as you said, because of that, and because it's such a it's a really good, more serious thing to develop, and it isn't cooked really well. So he ends up being a side character with a really good theme that really isn't cooked well. And and he has the one scene where he he sits down with uh, Jesse and he talks about how you know I'm uh, I feel like I'm 19. <laughs> I've always felt like I'm 19. What can I can I'm... I can I pause you there because I've got yeah. the clip. I've actually got oh, the clip go for that for right it. now. <laughs> no, how old I am? No, how old are you? It's none of your goddamn business. Do you know how old I feel like I am? 19. Since I was 19, I have never felt not 19. But I shave my face and I look in the mirror and I'm forced to say this is not a 19 year old staring back at me. <sighs> Teaching here all these years, I've had to be very clear with myself that even though I'm surrounded by 19 year olds and I may have felt 19, I'm not 19 anymore. You follow me? Yeah. Nobody feels like an adult. It's the world's dirty secret. <laughs> yeah, so I like what he's saying. And the whole movie could have been centered around that, to be honest with you. But as you said, James, he only gets a few scenes to kind of develop that. Yeah, that scene at least felt connected to the plot. There's another scene where he goes back to try and get his his position at the college back. It actually, in my opinion, might be the best scene in the movie because he's mm -hmm. acting the hell out of it. But 
it didn't felt feel like it was connected to the rest of the movie. And I guess maybe that might be if maybe he had cast somebody who actually was around 19 because you know he's talking to Elizabeth Olsen he's like oh I'm so much older than you and I'm looking at the two of them and I go really because you don't seem like you're really that much older than her I mean well, let me, actually I want to ask you that question James what do you think of this film's focus on the age difference do you think this film did a good because another i know that's one thing people always harp on about i hate all right now we're bringing it up with woody because it's very pertinent because this is a movie that tries to address an age difference even though they look very similar in age and in reality they kind of are as well but the movie's playing with that theme and it's trying to be very serious very mature about how it handles that how do you think the movie handles that because i think it tries and i think it's amusing but I'm not sure if it lands. I don't know. It, 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 you know, there's, there's the whole thing where he's talking about, uh, where he discovers that she's reading. I don't think it was actually Twilight. It was, but it was, <laughs> or was it? I didn't know. They never said the title. So they, they show the cover with the, uh, the hand holding the apple. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he sees that she's reading it. And, you know, going, how can you read this? This is a problem with the world. Blah, blah. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, there were plenty of middle-aged moms reading Twilight. There were plenty of, like, older, especially his, you know, he's 35, plenty of older people who were reading Twilight at the time. So it that one thing where it's supposed to be that she's supposed to be more immature or, or younger or anything didn't make me think that she was. It just made me go, oh, she's reading this stupid book. And I think that's where the, the relationship part of it kind of started to not work for me because when he's kind of, this is supposed to be almost like their first real date. Yeah. And he goes on and on and on about it so much that I thought this girl would absolutely say to him, uh, you know what? I don't want to continue doing this because you're weird and uh, you're making way too big a deal out of this. And uh, I don't think this is going to work. I didn't feel the connection between the two of them. I, I, I felt like they liked the same books. It actually felt like in some ways that she was exposing him to more new things than he was exposing her to. I agree with that. I think, I think the character came away feeling that way at the end of the movie as well, actually. Yeah, it just, I mean, at the end of the movie, she sort of says, well, I, I think that I wanted to take a shortcut into adulthood maybe by dating you. And it, it felt like she was and again it's it's sort of very basic college level like you know i made you i burned you a cd kind of a thing and they're talking about books and everything which is great that's a great sort of way to to you know your first date you're talking about what you like and and everything i never got a feeling though that they were compatible outside of that and maybe the movie doesn't think they were either because i'll throw this out there as a, a little anecdote last year i was 39 and i went out on a date with somebody who was 23 so kind of a similar age-wise mm -hmm. uh situation and we had things in common but in the end when i look back i'm glad that it it didn't go any further than that because the age difference 
you know, I, 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 I said to somebody afterwards, I was like, you know, she lives half her life on social media and I can't relate to that. You know, I can't relate to every time I have a thought posting about it. So the, what they were saying about the age difference, I understood from that personal experience. But again, I just didn't feel like, I felt like she came off so much, like I, you know, when I, I watched the trailer, when you mentioned the the title of it last month, because I'd never even heard of it. And I thought, oh, she's supposed to be what, 25? Then the movie's, oh no, she's 19. If they hadn't have told me she was 19, I would have assumed that she was mid twenties. Do you think they went too far with that? You like you just took me out of it. You, you, I can't suspend my dis- disbelief on that. It was a bit of a push, especially as you mentioned, since she's so mature as well. It probably like, come on. And obviously, who Elizabeth Olsen is now in pop culture, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very hard to go back and watch now being like, I can't see it. I can't see this actress being 19 because she's so mature. And in real life, she was over 20 as well. So I can understand why that did disrupt your suspension of disbelief. Because, but yeah, I I, bought, I did buy it a little bit more than you. But let me um, play the clip. And I haven't got a lot of clips, guys. This isn't going to be a movie clip show. But I'm going to play this clip because there's something they discuss at the end, which is something I want people to take in mind when this to us talking. Let me play the clip because this is the, the whole Twilight argument which is again one of the more humorous parts of the movie i liked it it was fun and stupid Mm -hmm. and it passed the time and it's not tolstoy but it's also not television and it made me happy how are you thank you Mm. this is the worst book ever written in English. So there are worse books written in other languages? Probably not, unless this book is translated into other languages. <laughs> really, we don't need to do this. No, please, let's. I need to know how you read these, uh, whew, I guess you call them sentences, close the book and feel anything other than offended and sad. Well, millions of people like it. So when millions of people like something, that means it's good? No, it means millions of people like it. These books make people happy. We don't always have to be thinking about poli-sci or reading Chaucer, which, by the way, I hate it. You're not supposed to like it. Then why read it? (laughs) You love college so much, right? Isn't it all about understanding different points of view? It's also about developing taste. That was snobby. You're a snob. No. I'm not. Yes, you are. You think it's cool to hate things. And it's not. It's boring. Talk about what you love and keep quiet about what you don't. Look, I know how this sounds, but trust me, this is a big deal, okay? This country is in bad shape, and it has to do, in large part, I think, with people liking things that are very, very bad. Right, according to you. Why are you the one who gets to decide what's good and bad? And do you only want to surround yourself with people who have read the same books as you? I guess we're going to have to move on to a specific example. You know, through doing this retrospective, you get so many people saying that, you know, the, the, the thing I like about the discussion, even outside of the movie, it's just that whole discussion about people being snobs, about being opinionated and people saying you should watch things because of taste. And even someone said to me, you know, you're going to talk about non-Woody Allen movies in the Woody Allen podcast. It's going to kind of contaminate 
the quality of the discussion of, of the legacy of what you're trying to do here and even though me and you might not agree about this movie in particular that's not the point <laughs> the point is to have film discussion and what they're mm. trying to get across with the narrative with the screenplay with the actors all the elements this is what i love about woody allen's films in, in particular and anyone who tries to create similar narratives i like what they're trying to say because it's about life and we're trying to discuss that and dissect it because it's fun it's interesting and if we all agreed life will be fucking boring as she calls him out on which i loved i loved that bit when she did that because i'm like it's meta you guys listening who thinks that you know we should all agree or this ain't a good movie that's not the point man the point is to watch something that we have different dis- the perspectives on because I got a couple of things out of the movie, but I can definitely admit this movie isn't as good as I remembered. But uh, there's there's another part of the movie I want to talk about. But but yeah, I, I like that discussion they had about being snobs, being opinionated, people from different ages, having similar tastes, but still these two have similar tastes on some things, but they disagree wildly on other things. And he comes off as a pretentious snob about her not liking a pop culture book for whatever reason and then it kind of wakes him up to realize oh actually come to think about it i am a bit of a prick <laughs> yeah you know if you're going to compare it to like manhattan where you know the the relationship between woody and um maybe old hemingway's character Mariel hemingway yeah um where he is exposing her to things and i can't I don't I can't remember a scene in it where you know she talks about something that is of her generation and he sort of dismisses it mm-hmm. uh, I don't know like I said I think it's just for me it was just a matter of not in that last half hour of the movie it kind of gets away from like it's his romanticism about the time that he spent in college uh, especially after he has the little affair with the Alice and Janney character. Yes, that's what um, I want to get to as well. Do you keep going? <laughs> yeah, it it sort of disillusions him a little bit. It makes him sort of go, well, maybe this time in my life, you know, wasn't what what I thought it was, or maybe it's I, I need to grow past it, or uh, whatever. And that's to me when the movie started working a little bit better. Hmm. Uh, after he also, you know. Uh, she wants to sleep with him and he says no he can't uh, that was a very good scene it, it starts to work for me like I said in that last half hour again it might just be for me this this disconnect and that I can't relate to the experience that mm-hmm. is being so romanticized in a way that I it's funny because uh, you know I'm not a Jew from New York who uh, grew up during World War II you know, I shouldn't be able to relate to like Woody Allen in some of his movies then, you know, by those standards, but I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What Woody can do that is very difficult to do is I, I'm, you know, there's, there's a, a great, I think it was in the, the Woody Allen documentary mm-hmm. where um, they're interviewing Martin Scorsese and he says, I love watching his movies, but they, even though they take place in Manhattan where Martin Scorsese's from, he said they might as well be a different planet. Mm. And yet you, there's something where you relate to them and you enjoy them and you can laugh about experiences that you've never had. And this movie just couldn't do that for me. I was, especially, you know, it gets into like the, the Zac Efron character. Yeah. 
who I could not stand. <laughs> the high guy. He said, that's a trope. Even that kind of character, the wise, yeah. noble, fairy guy. Um, I don't mean fairy as in homosexual. I mean fairy as in uh -huh. he just he's magical. Like he almost should have been Native American or something to complete the stereotype. Yeah, exactly. He's he's he it, again. I'm looking at him, and I'm you don't really get to know him, but I I I'm assuming again he's this privileged white kid from the suburbs whose dad is like a, a, a an orthodontist or something, and he thinks he's so much more. Uh, wise and that everything he's saying is so profound and it is not but the movie kind of acts like it is true yeah and that's pretentious as hell that's pretentious <laughs> as hell yeah definitely definitely whereas if you get into like the other kid um i don't remember his name but the kid who's having a harder time yeah yeah that was a good performance and a good little subplot where it's again showing that this experience that that the main character is romanticizing isn't great for everybody that's a great you know what i feel so bad and he actually forgot to bring up that character that that was a great dichotomy and again I, it, that's where i feel like the film was trying to be too many things to too many people but the other people that could have taken up their own movies or really great topics i mean there's so little time given to them it's kind of like wow you know and that's that was my disappointment with the movie I want to play the last clip because this is what you mentioned again with the female college professor who really gives them a dose of hard reality, which you could call it a comedic scene. But um, this, to me, this was the best part of the movie. I actually love this little one for me out of the whole movie. I'm just confused how I mean, you're a tenured professor in one of the most prestigious English departments in the country. That's not fulfilling sit through a faculty meeting at a liberal arts college mr young person i assure you you will lose all faith in humanity okay but what about the classroom there had to have been some joy there i mean you were such a good teacher thank you i like to teach i used to love it what happened life happened okay i'm gonna need a little bit more well that's all you're gonna get Unlike you, I'm not from the let me tell you every six sort of detail of my life generation. I value discretion. I loathe self-pity. So let's just leave it at this. People are disappointing. Yeah, it's just, I would think... Don't get comfortable. Sorry. I would just think that spending so much time with those poems would make you more you know, optimistic and hopeful. Nonsense. They were miserable men who were granted a few moments of transcendence and they had the talent and foresight to grab pen and paper and write it down. Byron was probably the happiest of the lot only because he put his dick in everything. This is the saddest evening of my life. Get used to it. My advice to you is this. Put some armor around that gooey little heart of yours. <laughs> I'm going to have to give her one of these. <laughs> that's what you call a nuclear bomb <laughs> oh she put him in his place but um i thought again it was a really great perspective it was it was funny it was humorous but it was a really good perspective and i think he needed to hear that and i don't think she was really being mean she was just giving her thoughts on her life experience which i felt as a writer was 
really cool that he tried to do that for so many characters in one movie but the final product didn't deliver it in a really impactful way because they just didn't have the i don't even know if it didn't have the time i mean am i being nice by saying didn't have the time i guess he didn't execute it properly so they all so we all came across together well characters like that felt like they were not characters they were there to serve the story Mm. and to further along the story but like i mean the kid the you know the kid who who's having a hard time and he tries to kill himself if you'd made a movie about that kid being in richard jenkins class and richard jenkins is going through trying you know he's he's going to be retiring and he's having second thoughts and he's he's getting older and maybe the kid is he's going through his hard time and maybe he has the affair with alice and janney and they have that conversation that's a better movie when you bring in the main character and the elizabeth olsen character it's two people who are not really having much problems in life they're really not they're having this sort of you know the the jesse character is oh i'm not a hundred percent happy with my life and the elizabeth olsen character is i'm not you know i i i feel more grown up than the boys around me and then these other three characters are having these actual existential issues mm. that are so much more interesting yeah than what these two are are experiencing but it's love teams they're in love <laughs> yeah the, not not really i'm joking not really <laughs> no and i'm what one thing that that, that irritated me and it, it's it's this this concept of um she's like oh the boys around me who are you know they act like they're 19 you know 18 19 20 and i'm i'm just i'm watching it and i'm thinking this concept of girls mature faster than boys there, I'm sure there are plenty of boys at that school who, you know, were just as intense about their education, who were maybe even the the, the, the kid who's having a rough time. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. She, if, if it, you could have had her character in it and, and the two of them hooking up and, you know, it, it, it just felt like this... Um, actually to me now that i'm thinking about it the weakest part of the movie is the main character (laughs) well done you know what i'm gonna bring it up because i was reading a lot of the reviews because i like to get critics just like you uh, checked out roger ebert's um review um i was checking out other critics reviews and what people were saying and the one person they came down on was the main character they were saying he has no charisma he's just kind of a a bit of a mouthpiece is not really interesting and he yeah i i i didn't even realize that i it's true when the movie starts you mention it he gets robbed uh-huh. and you and even he he has that monologue where he's it's like he's interviewing people for for a class i didn't really get it mm-hmm. and i just he kind of is the weak link and although he wrote and directed it and stuff like that i'm like you know what it is true you are kind of the weakest character because you're kind of lost, but we don't know much about you, you know, and drawing it back to Woody Allen, he's always, his character is always the neurotic Woody Allen character, full of life, 
maybe even to an extreme, maybe even to a cartoonish degree in some some circumstances, but they are oozing charisma. You can't really get enough of them. Sometimes it's just a bit too much. And in, in this case, you know, when you come away from this, me coming away from this again years later, I'm kind of like, yeah, he's kind of just, he's just soaked a lot of energy from everyone else. And he just kind of was meh. He came in kind of a nobody didn't really wasn't an asshole per se just a bit of a snob a bit lost and you don't connect with him he's just a guy i i remember i i've heard uh i heard this years ago and i didn't understand it until i got older but um you know one of my favorite books and one of my favorite movies is the, is the graduate i love that and movie too. um we should talk about that down yeah there. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they i heard somebody say critics say when you're young, you identify as uh, Dustin Hoffman. When you're older, you identify as Mrs. Robinson. Mm. And it felt like he was the Dustin Hoffman character in The Graduate, except mm. he's a good 10 years older or so than Dustin Hoffman was supposed to be in that movie. And it makes you think, so you graduated college and then you've done nothing with your life for the last 10 years, except think about how great college was. Uh, it, it just, there's the show from the nineties married with children. And there's the, the main character who's a complete loser and his glory days were when he played football in high school. And that's the joke. The joke is, Oh, you peaked at a point in time that really didn't matter. And that you're supposed that's supposed to be your launching pad into life and at the end of the movie that's why the like i said it started to work for him. he meets the the woman that works at the bookstore and she's more his age and they steal the scene from manhattan where they go to the brooklyn bridge and at least it started to seem like okay now this character is moving on he's he's getting past being stuck uh in his college days and i kind of wish that that had maybe if you had started off with him more immature or you you know maybe he had a he had a girlfriend and he couldn't make it work and you see he's got these string of failed relationships some sort of a backstory for what had happened to him between college and now but you don't get that. You just get him having his clothes stolen and reading books. And that's that's it. You're sp I guess you're supposed to fill in the blanks from that. Hmm. And uh, it just didn't work for me. And the other characters are just so... Not only better, they're better characters. And, uh, you know, I've never seen this guy outside of How I Met Your Mother. They're better actors than him. Hmm. And they're more in the scene where Elizabeth Olsen tells him to leave because, you know, he says, I can't sleep with you. The age difference matters to me and everything. She sells that scene. And each of them, you know, Alice and Jenny and Richard Jenkins. And um, I don't know the name of the kid who, you know, who's, who's struggling. They each have a scene where they really get to act. It just felt like compared to everybody else, the the Josh Radner character didn't. He didn't jump out at me. He didn't have a standout scene. He didn't have anything that I connected with as much as I did the others. 
Josh Redner's only real moment then was when the kid did have a suicide attempt in the movie yeah. and he was at the hospital with him. And that's when he tried to relate to him. That point you made about him, you know, knowing his glory days were, when he tried to relate to him that he never had any glory days, that it's all rough. And even in his current life, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows, but it ain't as bad as he thinks it is. That was his moment to shine. Do you think that worked for him at all in that scene? It's first of all, it's a scene that I've seen a hundred times in other <laughs> better things. Harsh. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're coming down harsh. <laughs> he he took an idea that I feel like I have seen in so many other movies or TV shows or books or whatever. Yeah, and it's a good idea. Uh, this is your this is your prologue, and then things are. You know that your actual the story of your life hasn't even really started yet, and all this stuff. None of that is new ideas. They're all ideas that I've seen before, and it's like he didn't add anything to it. Mm. He just he's giving you the that that basic same speech that um, and you know it. I don't know. They, again, they don't they don't delve into these characters enough to know about them. Like I don't know anything about that kid's parents. And does, you know, does he not have a dad or an uncle or somebody else who could have expressed that to him? It did feel a bit manipulated that like he had no other family, no other friends. He spoke yeah. about his mom was a single mother. She wasn't even there. Did seem a little bit contrived. Like this is set up specifically to, to have this talk. So it was a bit like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, and just as, as we're talking about it, it's like I'm, I'm writing a better story in my head as long as you leave out the main character. And maybe you make that kid the main character. You could keep everybody else. You could keep Elizabeth Olsen and Richard Jenkins and Allison Janney and maybe get rid of Zac Efron. But, uh, <laughs> or even, you know what, the, the, the Zac Efron thing, it might have worked it, with, with that kid as the lead. But with um, the Jesse character, everything Zac Efron is saying, somebody who is that age, they should look at him and go, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're you you have no idea what the world is like. You're spouting off a lot of very easy answers, and um, the fact that instead the Jesse character is like, you know, oh, you're you're so wise or whatever. It made me go, well, maybe you're the idiot then. I don't know <laughs> if you're listening to this guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just it was mainly him that didn't work for me until the end. I thought the stuff with him meeting the the woman that worked at the bookstore and everything, I found that charming. I thought that that was a a, a nice little epilogue to the whole thing. Hmm. Um, and it might be my favorite stuff with him in it, in the movie. That's like 10%. <laughs> yeah. if, if that, if that. But... Uh, oh, we, we tore this movie apart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the thing too is, uh, you know, compared to I Love You, Daddy, this is not a bad movie. It's, <laughs> wow, that, that's a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. <laughs> I Love You, Daddy was painful to sit through. Uh, this was more sort of, it was very slow going in the beginning. And about the middle point of the movie, it started to become, all right, this is a little bit more interesting. Because I really didn't know are, it, which way they were going to go. May, they could have just as easily gone with the age is only a number. Yeah. 
you know, uh, I, and 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 he and Elizabeth Olsen fall in love. Other movies have done, and Manhattan did that. Yeah, yeah. They could have gone that direction. So I was wondering. I got interested in which way they were going to go with it. I wasn't mad at the the direction that they went in. Like I said, I can I could relate to it. I thought that it was interesting that then each of them immediately goes out and sleeps with somebody else. You know, in that way, it it be, it became a movie that I was I started to get invested in. So I didn't like you said. It, ultimately, it was fine. It just it didn't uh, work for me in 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 the way that it apparently did for for people who had that experience, like Roger Ebert said, who lived that experience. Whereas, like I said, Woody Allen can can make me care and make me invested in experiences that I haven't had. Well, hold on to that thought. We're going to have the Woody Allen. What if Woody Allen did this? And in, I just want to let's talk about some of the other, just more the superficial aspects before we go on. Now, Josh Redner, before this, he's most known for How I Met Your Mother. He was the main actor in that. I never watched that. Um, this was one of his first forays. After that, I think he had a two movies after that one movie i think he did write as himself again and this in terms of writing screenplay and directing and, and camera work as a package i think it's decent yeah oh it's it it's it shot really well yeah so i was actually impressed and i didn't even know because for some reason i didn't even look up who directed and wrote the movie until afterwards i thought that's not bad mm-hmm. so i think it's pretty good for like a a first second run movie from someone who was in the television kind of base of a rom-com television comedy series um my actually i didn't even say my biggest criticism about this movie i i don't know if it's actually meant to be a comedy because mm-hmm. it's not really funny and that's and now i'm going to play the woody allen game woody allen how i think woody allen could have elevated this how he would have made this now a rainy day in new york again i don't know why Right now on rental, it's risen up in rentals again. I saw a headline that Woody Allen's Rainy Day has gone up in in rentals again. And Mm. if you go back to our discussion on YouTube, someone made a comment about, you know, we didn't like it because the main characters just seemed a little bit too pretentious. The main character was very unlikable. And I guess we we was expecting something a lot better. This, those are characters again, coming out of college they went on a little tryst in new york for different reasons and but there was good dialogue in that movie it was shot really well i didn't like the actors but i like the actors here it's kind of like i kind of i don't even know if i wish i could kind of swap some of the ideas and hear both because i think the cinematography and the dialogue and some of the more serious things with the characters you mentioned are interesting and i think woody allen used it it would be interesting do you think this movie could have worked with comedy do you think it would have been better if it had woody's injection of comedy with the dialogue and just more the same do you think that would have helped because i think it might have made this more memorable yeah it, it definitely was not as funny as i thought it would be woody he, i think woody would have stripped back a lot of the romanticism he would have been a lot more straightforward with it and i almost feel like the josh radner character if he had been 40 instead of 30 because yeah, i think he's supposed to be 35 yeah if he'd been 40 if he'd been 45 you know, yeah well even just i mean as i as i can attest to currently being 40 you know you you realize you've you've, you've about hit the halfway point and for him 35 i, I 
I can't exactly describe what the difference is between being 35 and 40, but there's almost sort of a, you're in your mid thirties, your twenties are not that far behind you. And maybe if he'd been a little bit older and, and been 40 and she's 19, you could have mined some, um, there's a, there is a funny scene where he's sitting down and he's, he's writing. Okay. When I was 16, she was, uh, when I was 19, she was three. When I was 16, she was, didn't Zero. exist. <laughs> and, um, and that was, and then he, but then he starts to go, okay, well, when I'm 84, she'll be 71. That looks okay. Uh, you know, he can live with that. Yeah. If there had been maybe more things that, that, that she's talking about that he doesn't understand, you know, um, or bands that she likes that he's never heard of, things like that, where you could play up the age difference. And instead, it's just like you you feel like he's really not that much it, it just feels like he's not that much older than her and if you'd stuck like a a 40 year old woody allen like around you know man it, it, again the the woody allen mariel hemingway relationship she looks like she's 17 yeah to the point where you know it is slightly uncomfortable they make it work it's i i never watch it and i think i always like look at it and i'm like okay i see how they complement each other but i don't know it did it just like i said it just didn't feel like there was much of an age difference and you could have made it funnier when he goes off about twilight that's the closest you get to that you get yeah. to that sort of obsessive thing where he can't let it go uh, otherwise it just it it, it could have used a little bit more juxtaposition of their their ages what the mm. difference is between their ages because it didn't feel like there was one hmm. you just you know what you're reminding me of a film i don't know if we'll talk about this film down the line michael douglas did the film in 2009 called solitary man and um did have you ever seen that movie with jesse eisenberg no, it sounds familiar though. All right, we might talk about that because there's themes that you've mentioned in your little bit there that I think we can discuss that might be uh, part for a good dissection. But look, I don't want to tear this movie up anymore because we went yeah. quite much more deeper into than I thought we would, which is fine because I really enjoyed it. I like the movie. It's not as good as I remembered. When you said the Brooklyn Bridge thing, I realized that, yeah, come on, man, you can't say he didn't eat with the Allen from the title card, the opening. I think this is another one where I think he was trying to channel some Woody Allen here. I think I think it's clear, but um, I don't know if you agree with me. But guys, well, yeah, right down to that, you know, I mean, it's it's the older woman that he goes to the Brooklyn Bridge with. So it's basically the Diane Keaton that he goes to the Brooklyn Bridge with. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think I think we hit the nail on the head. So I'm glad I brought this up now because that wasn't all for nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but personally, I thought the movie was okay. And I really like the fact, again, Woody Allen is a writer, director. You know, we do not see a writer, director having the full power to make a movie. And the fact that he did, uh, this director did, the main. Uh, why am I keep forgetting this guy's name? Josh. Josh. I'm Radner. Josh Radner. I'll keep someone. You know, I keep wanting to say Josh Trank from Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a different movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I respect what he did. I think it's a decent watch. I know it sounds like, well, I can only speak for myself. I think it's an okay movie, a really good start. He hasn't done much since then. So 
this could have been the start of like a build up and an improvement, but not so much. He did do one movie before this. Uh, I think it said, uh, thank you. Something uh, I heard that was good as well. Who knows? We might talk about that down the line, but no, James, I appreciate you taking my second pick. You're going to mm-hmm. be up next because I'm really interested to talk about what you got next. And actually, I think we're going to make it a tradition now to actually announce the next film we're going to discuss, just in case people want to watch it, get mm-hmm. ahead of it. And, you know, they can watch it and hear our discussion and agree with us or disagree with us while they're listening. So what's the next film we're going to be discussing? Uh, the next film is going to be the 2000 Edward Norton directed Keeping the Faith with uh, him and Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman. Oh, I can't believe that Ben Stiller and Edward Norton did a movie together. Whew. Mm-hmm. That's a definite. And you know what? I actually saw a blue, there was a Blu-ray re-release of this as well. So, <laughs> which I have. So I'm looking forward to watching this again. Guys, um, have you watched this movie? Liberal Arts, what are your thoughts on it? On Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, very favorable. This is a fresh tomato, above 50%. And the reviews are uh, scaling towards positive. So people really did enjoy it. But people who didn't like it do say they think it's pretentious and a bit forceful and contrived. So yeah, I mean, make up your own minds. I, I would say check it out. And let us know what you think. Leave a comment in the comment section down below, whether you're on YouTube or the podcast link. We really appreciate the listeners. We got our eyes speaking about Woody Allen news. As I said, Rainy Day in New York is doing well on uh, streaming again. I'm not sure how much of Woody Allen's collections on iTunes to download or even Netflix. I don't know. Amazon probably took their stuff off because of the, the court case. But yeah, I guess people want Woody Allen and they're waiting for uh, Ripkin's festival. So there's no release date on that. So I can't say when we're going to be discussing that in future, but we definitely got our eye on the ball to discuss that when it comes out. So stay tuned for that. But James, um, let the people know where they can find you, where they can reach you, and I can get in contact if they want to. Uh, you can always find me over at manic-expression.com and uh, my books are available to purchase on Amazon. As always, those links will be in the description. You can catch us at Planet High Roll. And again, this is part of the Woody Allen retrospective, Woody adjacent. We had a list from you guys over at Reddit for all the films you wanted us to discuss. This was one of them as well, because a lot of you did feel like this was aping Woody Allen a little bit. So tick this one off the list. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, which will be coming at, that'll be our last movie for 2020. But uh, yeah, I got a, a, well, we're going to start 2021 with one of my favorite movies of all time. But I will leave you in suspense for that. But James, thanks for being on. Guys, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next one.